It is good to see all of you, those of you that are joining us online in your PJs and you're drinking your coffee. We know who you are. Thank you for joining us. I have been waiting nine months to ask this question. How many of you are ready to bury 2020? <laughs> to just put it to rest, to just uh, get a shovel, dig a hole, throw it in, and never, ever experience it again. I think for a lot of us, 2020 has been very difficult. And yet some of you would say this morning, well, you know what, 2020, there was a lot of good things that went on in 2020. Maybe you got married, maybe you had a child, maybe you got engaged, maybe you uh, uh, celebrated some kind of significant event or anniversary. Some of us would say, no, it, it was a really good year. But it's also been a very anxious year. It's also been a year of some disappointment, of anxiety, of just, it's been a crazy, crazy year. And I don't know about you, but some of the things that I saw over this past year caused me again to say, where's our consistency? Where's the consistency in our life? Uh, a good buddy of mine gave me this article. Uh, so right now, the Ohio Sports Athletic Association says it's okay to wrestle, but you cannot shake hands before or after the match, okay? So let me get this right. So you can put someone in a half Nelson, thrust your armpit into his face, uh, be on a sweaty mat, and be within inches of each other, but you cannot shake hands before or after the match. Uh, I find that crazy. John Lennon had it right when he said, nobody told me there'd be days like these. Strange days indeed, strange days indeed. But we are here. And many of us are healthy. And we're looking forward to another year, a better year. And so how can we be consistent? How can there be a consistency in our life? In the midst of all that's going on, we just can't shut it down. Uh, we, I was going to say we just can't isolate ourselves, but it seems like we've done a pretty good job of doing that. What can we work on so that no matter what happens, we're still consistent? I'm going to talk to you this morning about your heart. I don't know about you, but I think the heart is a pretty big deal these days, both physically and spiritually. Physically, there's nothing more important than the organ of our heart. That heart that beats over 100,000 times a day for you and I. That over the course of your lifetime, your heart on average will beat 2.5 billion times. Hopefully, steady every single day. That heart pounds, that heart beats. Most of us would say that physically our heart has been tested over the years. Uh, you, you can think of those times when you were in college that your heart physically was tested. You can think of times even now when your heart physically has been tested. And I hope that all of your heart here this morning is good as well. But I'm going to talk to you about the condition of our spiritual heart this morning. Meet me, if you will, in Psalm 119. 
Psalm 119. And as you're turning there this morning, it's interesting how many times in Scripture the word heart, when it deals with our spiritual condition, is mentioned. It is mentioned over 825 times. Jesus himself mentioned the condition of our spiritual heart in Luke 6.45 when he said, out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. All of our motives, all of our desires, our intentions, our ambitions, all of our attitudes and motives flow from our heart. And maybe if you've been around long enough, you've heard me share this. God does not want to just capture our attention. He wants to capture our heart. I think all of us would agree this morning there are many things in this world that try to vie for our attention. Many things that try to capture our attention for a time, for a season. But Jesus said, with me, I want to capture your heart forever. So a great question for us as we exit 2020 and we go into 2021 because we don't know exactly what will happen or how it will happen. If Jesus were to peer into our heart this morning, what would he see when it comes to the condition of our spiritual heart? And nowhere is the condition of our spiritual heart more highlighted than in the words of King David in Psalm 119. Now, if you're familiar with the scriptures, Psalm 119 is the longest chapter in the Bible, 176 verses. We are not going through Psalm 119 every verse this morning. We're going to go through three. Psalm 119, verse 112, 113, and 114 this morning. And we're going to set our attention on these three verses. Listen to what David says regarding the heart. I incline my heart to perform your statutes or your word forever to the end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. If you want to see lasting change, it will always involve having the right habits. Let me say that again. If you want to see lasting change in your life, it will always involve having the right habits. Motivation gets you started. But it's the habit that keeps you going. Maybe you had a friend or a grandma or a grandfather that would say, bad habits are hard to break. Good habits are hard to make. We're all motivated to get going to do the right thing, but it's the habit of doing something day after day after day that there is a consistency. My mother and father for many, many years never wore a seatbelt. They said it would always wrinkle their shirt. It was just an excuse for not wearing a seatbelt. Until they had seen enough accidents and read of enough accidents that finally, finally now, they wear a seatbelt. Well, most of us know that if you put a seatbelt on 20 times, it becomes a habit. It becomes a habit. And so from these three verses this morning, it's going to offer us three healthy habits of the heart, which, can, which we can cling to not just until the end of this year, 
But as we move forward into a new year, what will you have for me, Lord? What will this next year be like? Regardless of what goes on in our country, regardless of what goes on in our world, Lord, help me to be consistent. That my heart would be healthy. That my heart would belong to you. Not just for a moment, but forever. Let me give you the first healthy habit of the heart, and that is this. Incline your heart. Incline your heart. Uh, David said, I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. Now, that's an interesting word that he uses here is the word incline. Uh, incline, meaning to make straight, uh, to uh, make vertical, uh, to set upright. Incline. I incline my heart. Say that word with me, incline. Incline. Uh, it means that we would incline or make our heart right or upright or vertical in performing or living out his word. Now, this is a word that we don't use very often. I can't remember unless I was studying this. When was the last time I said the word incline? It's even hard to put into a sentence. But let me give you a visual of what incline looks like. If I had an ice cube and I dropped it down the back of your shirt you would automatically be inclined, okay? You know what I'm talking about now. To make straight, to make upright. David said, I incline my heart to make straight. Number of places that he has used this word in the Psalms, he says, I incline my heart to your testimonies. In other words, I've seen what you've done, Lord. I've seen it again and again and again, how you've provided uh, how you've shown us your power. I've seen your testimonies, and so I incline my heart. And not to selfish gain. Psalm 141.4. Do not let my heart incline to do any evil, so that I take part in wicked deeds, along with those who are evildoers. Do not let me eat their delicacies. David is saying, I'm setting my heart vertical in honoring God. I want my heart to perform, to live out your word each and every day. The word incline is so important if we have any intention of living out healthy habits. Now watch this because David in knowing that his life and knowing that his heart needed to be inclined realized there are days that your heart is not inclined but it's on the decline. And there are times when my heart is on the incline and I'm setting my heart toward God to perform his word. But if we're all honest, there's days where our heart's on the decline and we find that there's a struggle. Are you with me? When the heart is right, incline, the actions follow. And when the heart is not right, decline, the actions follow. Your heart determines the words which you use. Your heart determines the actions that you take. Your heart determines the attitudes that you have. Is the condition of your heart inclined to honor God and to live out his word? Or is your heart on the decline, 
It's flatlined, it's cold, it's hard, it's lethargic towards spiritual things. If God were to look into your heart this morning, the spiritual condition of your heart, would he see a heart that's inclined or would he see a heart that's on the decline? If we want to have a healthy habit of the heart, David says, I incline my heart to perform your words. And when our heart is inclined, and we are, when our heart is inclined, we are well equipped to live out God's word, but for how long? David said it until sometime next week. Is that what he said? No, the verse says, I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the very end. To the very end. You cannot have healthy habits of the heart unless you incline your heart toward God because our heart drives our behavior. And this is why it's so important that we monitor our heart. We watch our heart. We take care of our heart. Yeah, yeah, our physical heart, but our spiritual heart. Day after day after day because we often neglect our heart. Years ago, there was a guy who did infomercials. His name was Ron Popel. How many of you remember Ron Popel? And Ron Popel would come and he would do an infomercial and he would share the latest and greatest gadget that he had, that he had come up with, that he would invent, that he could, he could just kind of sell. And one of the things that Ron Popel came up with was the rotisserie chicken oven. And oh man, he would bring this thing out and he would tell you how easy it was to use and he would tell you how great it was and how wonderful that chicken would taste. And at the end, he would say, he would say these words. Just set it and forget it. Just set it and forget it. And I mean, the, the people in the audience, they knew it was coming. He would talk about the rotisserie chicken and how wonderful it was and this machine and how easy it was to work. And then he would say, it's so easy, you just said it and? Oh, that's so lame. He said, well, you just said it and? We would like our heart to be that way, wouldn't we? We would like our heart just to, to set it and forget it. But that's not what the psalmist said. The psalmist throughout all of Psalm 119 says, not just to set it, but recheck it and reset it. Because throughout our lifetime, our heart will be tempted to decline to a default position. So we need to take care of your heart. Turn to the person beside you and say, take care of your heart. Some of you didn't do that at all. Take care of your heart. Even we see this in Proverbs 4.23. Guard your heart, for in it is the wellspring of life. It tells your life story. If we want to have healthy habits of the heart, Lord, incline my heart. Help me to take charge of my heart so that my heart would be inclined to know and perform your word. Listen, I think all of you know this, but if your heart is not inclined, you will not be in God's word doing God's thing. You will not be. You'll be doing your thing. Because your heart will be on the decline. You want to create a healthy habit in your life, it starts with inclining your heart to God. Here's the second healthy habit of the heart. Hate being double-minded. Hate being double-minded. 
David says, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. He says, I, I hate, I, I hate, I hate. What, what is that doing in scripture? I didn't think we were supposed to hate something. He says, I hate the double-minded. He says, I hate this. I hate this in my life. I, I, I hate being wishy-washy. I hate that one day, man, I, I'm inclined. The next day, I'm declined. I hate this. And I don't think it's because David says, I hate the double-minded, that he's thinking of somebody. I think David is thinking about his own intention and his own heart. I hate the double-minded. I hate what I've become. I hate my way of thinking at times. I hate being double-minded. It's a divided heart that he, he hates. And sadly, we have a love-hate relationship with the things of this world, don't we? And some of you know what I'm talking about. Where we are drawn by the world to those things that can bring us down. And the next day we are drawn to the things of the Lord that can build us up. You know what I'm talking about. That there are days when I am honoring the Lord, I am walking with him, and he is all I need. And the next day something clicks, and I become double-minded. And I find myself being drawn to the things of this world. A healthy habit of heart says, I hate, I hate being double-minded. But I love your law. But I love your law. Our heart goes back and forth. It's so frustrating when our heart becomes double-minded. Where one day we say, Lord, I am so loyal to you. And the next day we become loyal to the world. Lord, I love your word. And the next day we turn from his word. Lord, I trust in you. And the next day, I can handle this one on my own. Honesty at Maranatha, how many of you have said, Lord, I'll, I'll handle this one from here on? Okay, three of you, okay? We've all done that. I've done that in my life. Lord, I'm trusting in you. You're my provider. You're going to handle this. And by the day's end, I've taken it out of his hands and say, I'll handle it from here. I hate being double-minded. Picture, if you will, you're at a lake, there's two canoes, and you put one foot in one of the canoes and another foot in the other canoe, and someone pushes you out in the lake. What's going to happen? You're going to do a split, which will hurt, <laughs> and you're going to get wet because you've not been able to decide which canoe to get in. That's the double-minded person. They are in one canoe with one foot and another canoe with another foot. The book of James tells us about this. When James in chapter 1, let me read it for you real quick. James chapter 1 verse 5 says, If any of you lacks wisdom, in other words, you're going through trials, you're going through hard time, you're going through hardship in your life. That's all of us. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to them. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like. And then he gives a picture of what double-mindedness looks like. Like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. He's giving a picture of the ocean, that it's unstable. And that is the life and that is the mindset of someone who is double-minded. If you are not in the word, there is no way 
you're going to think like Jesus, act like Jesus, or truly know Jesus. David says, I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. Do we really love his law? Because during this year, starting in March until the end of the year here, many of us have been isolated. Many of us has had, has had more downtime in the last nine or 10 months than we have in our entire life. And it should be, it should be during that time that though that is the time that I'm spending a tremendous amount of time in God's word. But you know what I'm finding out? People are spending less time in the word than they did before the pandemic started. How many of you have ever uh, been a part or know of the uh, Metro Park Fall Hiking Spree? It's something that my wife and I decided to finally do. We had done it years ago. We get maybe one or two trails done, and then we're like, oh, we're tired. Let's go to Swenson's so we don't do anything else. So we decided this year with another couple from our church, we're going to do the fall hiking spree. I think it takes eight or ten, twelve, eight or, uh, I'm sorry, eight or nine trails in the Summit County area. Beautiful time of year. Leaves are falling. Wonderful time. And we were bound and determined to do it. And we did it. And we were so glad that we were able to do it. Well, there was a weekend where we had accomplished a task. And my wife said, it is so beautiful out. We should go on another hike, but let's go on a hike someplace other than Summit County. So Roger and Renee Small, who go to our church, they recommended us going to this place, Brandywine Falls. Anybody ever been to Brandywine Falls? Beautiful, beautiful place. So my wife and I drove up to Brandywine Falls, and it is packed. It is absolutely packed with people. Everyone's got the same idea. Let's get out before it gets cold. Let's enjoy the scenery. And so we get out. And there is a sign that says to the falls. And shortly as we're walking to the falls, I look down. And I see a piece of paper. And I pick it up. And I don't even look at it. I roll it up. And I hold it in my hand. I don't even put it in my back pocket because I'm thinking I'll find a waste paper basket or someplace to throw it away. So I'm hiking with this in my hand. We go to the falls, it's a beautiful falls, we come out of the falls, and we see a sign that said, Stanford Trail, 1.5 miles away. It's a trail for 1.5 miles. My wife and I looked at each other and said, we can do this. I mean, we're not that old, we can do this. Stanford Trail. And we enjoyed going on that Stanford Trail, but I'm telling you, somewhere, somehow, we got off that trail. And we got lost. I mean, it was a Hunger Games lost in the woods situation. <laughs> and I said to Ann, I have no idea where we're at. All these people that were there, no one is around. And I said, this is crazy. I, how do we get back to the trail? We finally went out to a main road, and that main road was just as straight as can be, and all of a sudden, it just inclined. And we are walking and cars are coming around the corner and it's dangerous. And I look back, my wife's breathing hard. I'm breathing hard. We finally get up to the top and we see cars going past. And my wife, she flags down a biker. A one-seated motorcycle. And this guy pulls over. She said, 
how do we get back to Brandywine Falls? He goes, oh, you, you are lost. You are lost. He said, that's far from here. How did you get here? I don't know, but we're here. My wife says, is there, is there any way that you could take him back to the falls so he could get our car and bring it back? It's a one-seater, okay? Big guy, big guy. And all I can imagine is getting on this one-seater with my arms around him, you know? And, and going back to the, to the car. And he said, I'm sorry, it's a one-seater in my mind. I'm like, thank you, Lord. Thank you, thank you, thank you. He said, I think if you go through the woods, there's an old horse trail. And it might be able to get you back. I look on my phone, because some of you are thinking, why don't you just look it up on your phone? 4.5 miles away. I don't know how we got so lost. Eventually, we saw people. <laughs> Eventually, we got back on the trail, got back to Brandywine Falls, and just before we get in the car, I still have this in my hand. And before I throw it away, I open it up. It is the trail of Brandywine Falls. It is the trail of Stanford Trail. As funny as it is to you, friends, we have the word of God right in front of us. It is right in front of us. And yet we've neglected in opening it up. We know what it is in this point. I didn't know what it was. But it's right in front of us. David said, I hate, I hate the double-minded. But I love your law. It is his law that will keep us from being double-minded. It is his law that will keep us from having one foot in one canoe and another foot in another canoe. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. That we would incline our hearts to love those things that deliver us and hate those things that seek to destroy us. Lord, make me a single-minded person. Healthy habit number three. Know where to hide. Know where to hide. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Do you know where to hide? You better. Because when the attacks come and the disappointments come and the times in life that there's uncertainty, we better know where to hide so that our heart would be inclined to obey him and walk with him. Do you know where to hide when discouragement comes? Do you know where to hide when, when anxiety comes in your life? Or do you run to the same enemy that is attacking you in, in an effort to hide? And I'm not talking about a physical hiding place. I'm talking about those places we hide in the heart that will either incline the heart or take us down a path of destruction. You are my hiding place and my shield. I just want to ask you a simple question this morning, in the midst of all that has gone on this year and just the inconsistency of everything that's happened, is he, is he your hiding place? Is he the one that you can run to?
Is he the one that shields you and protects you? You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. We better know where to hide and who to hide with and to before the attacks come. Proverbs 18.10, many of us know this. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are what? Safe, safe. In a time and in a world where it feels like there's not a lot of safety going on, there's more confusion than anything else, I can run. I can run to him. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are safe. Where do you hide when life gets hard, when the storms of life come in? Because they will come in. When the storms of life come, I have to remind myself of four undisputable truths that I have to just draw on and keep my mind on. And you can write them down if you want. But just four things that I keep in mind. The power of God. The power of God is greater than anything I've ever seen, anything I've ever witnessed in my life. The power of God is greater than all that is going on. The presence of God. If you look into the scriptures, you will see God revealing himself, the presence of God, time and time and time again. And when you feel like quitting and you feel like giving up, it is a great time to go back and be reminded of the presence of God of how he has shown himself to be, as Rick Kelly said, faithful to us. The power of God, the presence of God, the protection of God, how he has protected us time and time and time again. I mean, some of you, some of you should have been dead by now because of the carelessness of our lives. He has protected us. The power of God, the presence of God, the protection of God, and the provision of God. He has provided. He has provided. He will not let the righteous go on not hungry. He will not have them begging for bread. He will take care of us. He is our great provider. Run to him. He is our tower. We see also the Lord is my refuge and my strength and ever-present help in times of trouble. Is he your refuge? Is he your strength? An ever-present help in times of trouble. The psalmist says, you're my hiding place. Are you running to him today? He said, I hope in your word. This hope is not a like, yeah, I hope. I hope I can get out today. No, it is a hope of certainty. That's what faith is, of certainty. The hope that I can rely upon him and his word. And if your hope is in anything else other than his abiding word, it will let you down. Lord, you are my hiding place. Those three healthy habits of the heart, if we can be consistent in those, it won't matter what happens to our world. It won't matter what happens to our country. I know there's concern, but my heart, more than anything else, needs to be right. So that when God looks into my heart, the spiritual condition of my heart, he says, there's a person that is inclining their heart toward me. There's a person that is not double-minded. There's a person who is hiding in me. I am their shield. The heart is something we must ask the Lord to monitor daily if we are to have good habits with good results. So as a youth pastor, I was a youth pastor for about 10 and a half years. And there was a time where 
uh, I was beginning to think about doing uh, other areas of ministry. And so I decided to leave student, student ministry. Uh, and I don't think I'll ever be able to completely leave it. One of the high schoolers, when I was leaving, gave me this picture. And so we put it up for you this morning. I was really thankful for it. They gave me the picture, and some of you have seen this before. And here is a shepherd. He's got a scroll of God's word of Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 to 3. And uh, when they gave it to me, I'm like, oh, yeah, hey, thanks. <laughs> That's awfully nice of you. And I'm thinking, where am I going to put this up? You know, I mean, uh, it, it's, it's a nice picture and all. I put it away. I put it away. Five years later, I saw it. And when I looked at it, I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. You have got to be kidding me. I saw something that I had never seen before in this picture. How many of you see it? How many of you see Jesus in this picture? Only if you're saved can you see this picture. <laughs> Once you see it, you will always see it. Just raise your hand if you see it. Okay. How many of you are like, I don't have a clue. I don't see it. Just be honest. Okay. You'll get there someday. You'll get there. Okay. Right here is Jesus' beard. Right here is his mustache and underneath here is his nose. And here are his eyes. How many of you see it now? How many of you are like, no, you're lying? Okay. And the moment I saw it, I thought, oh man, I have missed out. I have missed out. Friends, this is a wonderful reminder that God is watching. He is looking. He is praying for us every single day so that he will accomplish his word and his work and his will in our lives to the glory of God. That we would say, Lord, you're watching, you're praying. I didn't see it before, but I see it now. And I don't ever want to forget it. So help me to have those healthy habits of the heart, whether it be starting today and continuing, regardless of the years, regardless of what goes on in our life, I incline my heart to you. Would you stand with me? I want us just to finish by saying these three verses together today. Kind of as an acknowledgement of these three healthy habits, but also this is what will get us through the incredible grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, of who he is, his power, his presence, his provision, his protection in our life. Let's read this together. I incline my heart to perform your statutes forever to the end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Father, thank you for this morning. We ask that you would help us to take your word and not just to hear it, but as James chapter 1 tells us, that we would not just hear it, but we would do it, that we would live it out. That each one of us, Lord, throughout this year, the remainder of this year, and certainly into next year, would find ourselves saying, Lord, incline my heart. 
Help me to be a single-minded person. Help me to hide in you. You are my hiding place. And in doing so, Lord, your will, your work will be accomplished in my life for your glory. Would you take us now and challenge us? And we thank you in Jesus' name, amen.